Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes. Hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. Apologies in advance. I've been sick. So if I sound a bit croaky and might mute myself for a cough or a sneeze or whatever, but we'll push through because uh, another week of Supercoach has gone by and we're ready to get into it. Yep, and we'll start off with the Supercoach co-captain's group winner uh, for the round, and that was Aaron's team of the Neil Deal, Pato. I had a few in there um, with, let's say, he's got a 2,498. Uh, he had Timmy English as the big C with a big 143, so great there. Um, other random ones of note. He had Windhager on the field um, and George Wardlaw on the bench, so that was a bit... Different, yeah. Uh, Paddy Cripps, uh, Tom Green, uh, uh, George Hewitt with the big one four two, Paddo. Yeah, and what's actually interesting about that is the fact that uh, it's, it's a team that's ranked forty two thousand that has bobbed up. So, yeah, um, congratulations, Aaron. Great, great effort. Um, and just goes to show, like I've I've floated out to fucking ten k now. So, I'm um, I'm in a free fall with my ranking because I'm out of trades and dealing with injuries left, right, and center. But um, no, great job. Pretty pretty decent score for this time of year. And, yeah, congratulations on the weekly. Yeah. Um, so, Pato, how's your bench looking? Because at the moment I've got zero cover <laughs> in defense. i got Nick Dacos and Charlie Constable because I ran out of trades. My mids is okay with Callum Mills and Cunningham uh, on the bench in the mids. Ruck is always Nick Madden. And up forward I've got Marich and Butler who both are not playing. So I'm kind of fucked. Yeah, I actually fielded my first donut of the year on the weekend oh, wow. because of Bacon's being out. So, um, yeah, obviously my score was costed by that, but my defense bench at the moment is Constable and Arnold. My midfield bench is Dacos, Sharp, Bytel, and I've also got Walsh in there as well. So that's where the donut came in. Yeah. Um, Nick Madden in my ruck, who I've had since round one, is a loophole guy. Um, and my forward line bench is Sheldrick and Marich. So, bare bones. Yeah, yeah. Um, for anyone that still has their trades, Pato. <laughs> um, lucky. Who, yeah, lucky them. Nah, it's just well planned with them, to be honest. Uh, we went in at more of an aggressive tactic this year, Pato, and it kind of failed. Uh, whereas last year it would have succeeded. So, yeah. Each their own. Um, Tom Stewart as VC fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, I only watched a half a footy all weekend, Dano, so um, don't know what happened there, but I'm assuming he got a bit of attention, which um, considering his damage on games is not totally shocking. Um, but, yeah, definitely put a bit of pressure on me, and I actually went with a subpar, sub-100 captain as well in Zach Merritt, which really same. Helped. Same here. Um, I, I was weighing up between Merritt and Parrish, and I went with Merritt, and Parrish went 122. So, shit times. I was even floating, remember, LDU, and LDU got 125. So, a 66% chance, essentially, of getting it right, and a 33% chance of getting it wrong, and I got the 33% chance. Fuck life. Uh, 
I was going to go with my gut and go with Rowan Marshall, but I didn't want to wait till Sunday for my captain because I wanted oh. to get it out of the way so I didn't have to check my fucking team again because of... I knew I was copping a donut, so uh, it is what it is. Yeah, the big one four six from the big Roma. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Oh, that shit times, shit times. Um, so any anyone that you would consider trading in, Pato, if you did have trades. So I was big on him last week, but um, Nick Newman bounced up with a one eighteen as well to continue on his good form, and I. There's a bit of a cloud over Doherty now as well, who was subbed out and they're still not quite sure the extent of that injury. So I think it was a bit of calf awareness. They may not risk him. Um, so he may get a game without Doherty in there to really raise that that ceiling. So I like him. Um, a bit of a left field one. John Newcomb had 174 on the weekend and has a three-round average of 127 and a five-round average of 110. So he is really coming home with a wet sail. A break-even of 11. Averaging um, 98 over the year. So he's actually on a big next year watch for me. Um, the role is obviously really good. Just has to probably improve his consistency. Um, but I think he's getting there after being a mid- mid-season recruit. Was it last year? No, year before. I got one for you, Pato. Go on. It's a real... Ugh, is really? It Matt, is it Matt Crouch? <laughs> it's fucking Matt Crouch. <laughs> We mentioned him last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. He's gone last three games, 144, 112, 122. So and he's got Sydney and West Coast um, for his last two games. And what's frustrating is it's he's caused Dawson to go to a 106 three-round average. Um, and Laird's going at 114, so he's been fine. But Laird's not popping up for those big ceiling games that he was previously. Yeah. Um, so he's come in. I don't know... There's Adelaide fans that are saying that he won't renew. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year. And yeah, I think that's a bit crazy because he's doing really well. Yeah. I don't think he'll renew either. I think he's had enough of Adelaide. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he goes to St Kilda. Like every fucking year we say, why didn't they trade him to St Kilda? Oh, so the Crouch brothers reunited. That's interesting. Yeah, I reckon that's what they'll they'll go for. Um, and that's the rumour. That's been the rumour the last two Three years, though. So, Yeah. Another one flying under the radar still is Hugh McCluggage, who's had a really good block of footy, um, averaging just 95 on the year, but has a free round of 114. Um, 133 on the weekend uh, seems to be almost doing what Lockie Neal used to do in that Brisbane midfield. So very interesting, but he's getting forward and kicking goals, which is the huge difference when McCluggage plays midfield. He's a real goal-kicking midfielder. So... Less than 2% of teams as well. So it was a nice POD price of 550, which is super awkward because um, you may as well just try and get another 75K and get to Parrish, who scored 122 on the weekend. So he's now put up 400-plus scores in a row um, coming into GWS and Collingwood, who are sort of um, easier midfields to score against. So not a bad POD if you do, for whatever reason, have any trades left. Hmm. Yeah, don't mind that one at all there, Pato. Uh, any other real fucking weird ones, left fielders? Um, we we were on Alex weird. Withard and watch, weren't we? Uh, yeah. What did he score? Oh, he's gone one hundred three, one twenty three, seventy two, one hundred seven, one thirty three. Yeah, five hundred seven k. I think um, with an average of eighty six, he'll be priced really nicely next year. Um, may get to over ninety average on the year, uh, but I think he should be in a lot of teams next year. Um, personally, I don't think um, he will. 
I don't think people have the faith in West Coast to actually pick him every week. But then you look at his run, he's gone round 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So he's been getting games. Yeah, and I think his history without Hearn is actually pretty good as well. So mm. I don't see who else really commands that halfback role next year for the Eagles, unless they obviously draft someone, but that remains to be seen. Um, one I really like for his last two games, Dano, is a price of 509000 um, in 1.4% of teams. Um He's a forward, and his name is Taylor Walker. So he plays Sydney this week at Adelaide Oval, mm-hmm. um, which is actually really nice. It's a better matchup than it sounds. And um, West Coast over in Perth for round 24. Um, he's still a sniff to win the Coleman as well. So I think there's a bit of motivation there to kick a nice chunk of goals um, in those two games to try and get that. He's five goals behind Charlie Kerno. So that will be an interesting situation there. Um, I can see him going 120-plus in both of those games, Dano, and um, finishing off the year nicely if you need a nice league POD for your league finals. Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Um, who else we got here? Um, Cal Wilkie last three rounds has gone all right, 94-111-103. Uh, don't particularly like him for his last two games, though, against Geelong and Brisbane. Price of 4.96. Just awkward. Yeah, and he's a bit up and down with his scoring as well. I I don't mind Cal Wilkie. Our, our winner actually had Cal Wilkie, um, our league winner. Yeah, I know. I know. I was having a look at that. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's a really nice, like, Supercoach draft option where you sit him in your team and you know you're going to get a pretty decent score most weeks and you'll get the odd 120-plus as well when he has a good intercept game. Um, for defense, um, I didn't get to watch the Eagles versus Frio game, uh, but Hayden Young pumped out a 118, so it's left his last two games at 123-118. Are we on Hayden Young watch as well for next year? Oh, absolutely. Or- absolutely. Although it was flagged that he'd be playing defense in that game. I'm interested. I didn't catch. I didn't put myself through that game. Um Unless you're a Frio or West Coast fan, I'm not sure why you would. Mm. Um, but let's just see fan footy and what role they think he played. Hayden Young inside mid again. So that's interesting, a bit of mind games. Not sure why you bother playing mind games when you're playing against West Coast um, and why <laughs> the Frio coach felt the need to lie about that. Um, but anyway, that whatever floats your boat. Yep, any others? Huge, huge watch for next year. Any others there, Pato? Or were we going straight into questions? No, I think we've covered it. So, um, yeah, let's jump into questions. Uh, do you want to take the Twitter ones or we got no Twitter ones? Uh, good question. Let me check. I've just woken up from like a three-hour nap, so I'm also fucking half asleep. We've <laughs> had a few so we're doing, um, we're doing well retirements. Yeah, we've had a few retirements too, Pato. I just realized. Yeah, Nick Nat um, retired. <laughs> Paddy McCartan yeah. retired. Yeah. Oh, have you seen it? Scobie sent something in. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to start with Scobie? So he said, gentlemen, just a quick one. If you go on to environment.newsouthwales.gov.au forward slash topics forward slash animals, I can't see the rest of the link, um, but it's a link to the Environment New South Wales page about protected species. 
And he says, it states that all native birds, reptiles, amphibians, and mammals, except the dingo, are protected in New South Wales by the Biodiversity Conversation, Con- Con- uh, Conservation Act 2016. When do you think they'll add Danger Fraud and Jessica Cameron to the list? Because it seems they can do whatever the hell they want and receive more charity than the Royal Flying Doctor Service. <laughs> that is fucking brilliant, Scobie. That is the question of the year. That's I just love. I love the build up. The build up. Yeah, it, it builds up like a fucking uni essay. Like oh, it's brilliant. Jesus. <laughs> well played. Well played. That's not a sound of fapping. That's a sound of clapping, by the way. <laughs> oh, shit. Any other Twitter ones? Uh, no, that was all from Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, we, got, we got some why on Why do Facebook. you need any more? Why do you we need got, any more? Yeah, I know. We got some on. We should have finished on that one. Fuck. Um, we should have. So we got Pantelis on Facebook saying, I hope Pado's <laughs> not too sore after his side was absolutely annihilated by my pathetic team last weekend, Loveheart. Yeah, um, congratulations, Pantelis. I, I I believe I'm out of our leagues now, I think. I probably am um, too, actually. I better double-check that. Um, Jody says, does Chera or Walsh, due to come back within the next week or two, have any effect on Hewitt or Newman? Great question. I don't think Hewitt? it will impact yes. Newman at all. No, Newman's fine, but I think yeah. it may have an effect on Hewitt. Yeah. Um, I I think judging off the rest of the year as in previous, like, earlier on in the year, they don't believe that Hewitt can play in the same midfield as Chera and Walsh and Cripps, etc. So Hewitt, I mean, he'd be stiff. He may find himself out of out of the team if they come back, which is pretty fucked because he has been really good in their absence. Yeah. Um, they've also just knocked off... Who did they play? Port Adelaide, was it? No. No, that was the Giants, and we got spanked. Anyway, um... So yeah, very very stiff. Newman, no problem at all. He's um yeah he's down being a seagull in defence. Um, do we hear much about? By the way, I'll just randomly say this. Do we hear much about um fuck? What's the little shit's name? Zach Fisher's role change, mate. Apparently, no, I'm out of the loop. Oh, apparently he's meant to be playing half back. I didn't even catch. Oh, this Carlton, one. Carlton beat Melbourne. That's pretty good. Yeah, nice. Uh. Yeah, I Zach Fisher told... did play half back for twenty four touches. He only got a fifty three, but then right. the week before he got one twenty six. Interesting. Yeah, They're doing like a Sinclair with him, not having as much impact, like not getting as much of the ball in the forward line, but they love the way he uses it, so they're chucking him in defence. Mm. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Cheran Walsh will impact Hewitt, not impact Newman. Uh, Chris Walker Jones says. Keen to, I loved this question, by the way. Keen yeah. to hear your review on your own trades for the year and mistakes you made and your definition of mistakes made. I don't think it is a mistake if you bring someone in and they get hurt next week. But if you trade someone out, this is so aimed at me, but if you trade someone out and bring them back in three weeks later, that is probably something you can avoid. Any glaring mistakes either of you made this year? So, can you? No, so. No, so you can, you can, yeah, look at your trades history, can't you? Yeah, I just got to remember how to bring it up. Um, Here we go. How do you look it up? I think you have to be in your team. Yeah, I'm actually not sure how to bring it up. Maybe list. Field. Oh, it'd be great if it was just like trade history button. (laughs) Yeah, I can't find it. That's great. 
Maybe we can come back to that question next week. Yeah, I was saying it'd be cool to split it over two weeks. Um, one of the big ones um, for me, like I said last week, was the um, the Jack Buckley missing the boat on the Jack Buckley when I was starting him in my preseason team and then kind of followed the flock with the rookies and should have stuck to my guns there. Um, and ended up bringing in some spud from North Melbourne who ended up trading out for like 10K profit or something. So, yeah, not the greatest one there. Um, I don't regret the Sean Darcy one where I traded him out and tr- like traded him back in later. The only thing I regret is trading him to injury bucket, injured fucking Ruckman. That's the only thing I'm fucking filthy on. Uh, I ended up burning three trades and ended up bringing Darcy back in at one stage there. So, but he ended up getting me Zach, Jack Zebel, and Jack Zebel popped off and made a fuck ton of money. So, no regrets. Yeah, I think it, it's hard to quantify because, as Chris mentions, like, it's not a, like, I look back at me bringing in Tuke Miller the, 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 the week he went down with his knee. That's not a mistake. That's just unlucky. Yeah, shit luck. Um, and I, I, I think maybe going on to Jack Steele when I did, um, after just one game of, of evidence was a bit premature. Um, and ended up trading him back out after his shit run. Um, so that wasn't great. Um, I think Barras is the obvious one. I really should not have <laughs> yeah. gone there. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a bad mistake. I think. See, most of mine are just like, I, I feel like trading out a primo when they're underperforming, like Darcy, yeah, was fucking dumb. But at the same time, I got a better team out of it. But the, and then looking back, Tom, starting Tom Stewart, when I was flicking between, I think Tom Stewart, Nick Dacos, and Bailey Dale, Bailey Dale started the year shit anyway. Um, but then it was just like preseason hype. We had the Nick Dacos in our team and then at the last minute pulled him out. And then he goes on an absolute fucking tear. And that think- was because of the Finn, Finn Callahan tag in preseason. Yes. All because of one fucking tag in preseason. And we thought it was going to be a regular up, thing. Yeah. And he didn't end up playing him against him until round 21 or round 22. Yeah. It was, that was dumb. That was actually dumb. So there's another trade there. Um, I feel like starting Romar, he hasn't been utterly shit, but he hasn't been what we thought he would be and missing out on English because of it. Like I know English was a lot more expensive. It was more so like, Darcy versus English versus Romar. There was those three and ended up going with Romar and Darcy and not English. All because of this preconceived idea. Oh, yeah, he's injury prone. He gets concussions and shit. And then English has just torn everyone in your arsehole. Doesn't own him. Yeah, no English really hurts. And I and I know a lot of people will start him next year just because of fear of missing out, especially if you didn't have him this year. And I've just got this horrible feeling in my stomach that next year's the year that he goes down in like round three and struggles for the rest of the year. You'd be better off being with the pack. Yeah, when starting that happens. having to trade him out if you need to. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm all for that. I'm I'm okay I, with yeah, being with the pack with that one. Because you yeah. look at it, I the trades that I've made during the year are really what got me back on track. Like getting LDU at four ninety thousand and he's I don't think he's dropped below 100 for me. Um, Darcy Parrish, getting him cheap. And those two are PODs. I still can't believe how, like, 
how many teams they're in. It's fuck all. So shit like that throughout the year. Um, I do regret getting Jack McRae. I reckon I could have got someone better. I um, I remember you saying he was a must-have. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was. Um, And looking back, um, he hasn't gone over 100 too many times. He's actually he's actually played better in the first half of the season than the second half. Yeah, Trelaw coming back has really hurt him. Um, and I remember him doing well when Trelaw was down, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, look at it. Look I at his round that, one to six. Look at his round one to six. 106, 85, 114, 103, 112, 131. You're like, oh fuck yeah, dude's getting forward status. Oh yeah, then he gets a 98. Uh, 96, 88, 81, and then goes 145, and that, and then he gets like the forward status and all that. You're like, oh fuck yeah, here we go. He goes 145, 108, 120, 81, 107, 81, 89, 91, 122, 87, 87, uh, 57. And the the funny thing is, he'll be in everyone's team next year because he'll be a forward in round one. Yeah, because we get really attracted to the name. Yeah, Jack Steele, prime example. Yep, yep, Callum Mills as well. Mm-hmm. So, so sucked in by the name. I say that, and I'm looking at my forward line, I had one guy score over 100 on the weekend, and that was Connor Rosie. Um, Same. Everyone <laughs> else went under 100. So um, the forward line has kind of turned shit. It's going to be fucked next year. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a few there, Chris, um, but I think I'll focus a bit more on that next next round. Um, would, you, would you start Harry Sheasel next year? See, this, this is a question that we can have next year because I'm actually tossing it up. I mean, if Clarko's coaching, fuck yes. Because Zebra's retiring. Like, if Clarko is is um, coaching, fuck yes. I'm looking at it going, mmm, tasty shit. But then on the flip side, does he get attention like Dacos has this year? Because I'm not sure Sheasel has the pure ability to shake a tag by going into the midfield like Dacos did this year. He's gone into the midfield a few times, Sheasel. Yeah, and hasn't done great in there. Yeah, he went over 100. He played a lot of games in the middle and did shit house when Hall yeah. was playing. Yeah, Hall's retired. Yeah. So, yeah, so retired. I think it's Harry Sheasel's halfback <clears throat> next year. Which is yeah. weird because they drafted him as like this fucking lightning forward. <laughs> he played 20 minutes at fucking halfback in preseason and looked incredible doing it. And they started in there in round one. I'm just glad I saw it because otherwise I wouldn't have started him. Yeah. Remember we were trying to justify his price. Trying yep. to justify the 198 or whatever it was. Yeah, and look at him at 510k, averaging 97. Yep. Ah, good shit. Averaging more oh, than Callum, mind you. Yes, yes. Um. Oh, there we go. It leads into Liam's comment. I'd be keen to hear who you think will be the breakout players next year. I really like this question. Um, We have sort of been touching on this, don't know, um, lately. Mm. Um, it's It's... There are things that I look for in breakout contenders, um, but it's also a lot of luck in nailing them as well. Um, I, I think feel like the last role is important. The last five rounds of the season is also point uh, important. Last five to seven, seeing yeah. if they've had that role change, how they're going, they could have a little spike, um, and, and it might not even necessarily be like a one hundred and ten or something average. It could be like a ninety five average. But they might have been averaging before like 60 and just getting them used to that role. And then like, oh, yeah, are they playing that role next year? I, so, I look at a Luke Jackson and I wonder whether Sean Darcy mm-hmm. moves on and he becomes the main guy in that ruck line. Yep. Um, 
averaging a 97, hopefully holds on to forward eligibility and he'll be a nice forward for us next year. But if he's a forward, he'll be in every team if Sean Darcy goes. I look at it probably doesn't quite count as a breakout because you could argue that it happened this year. But I look at a Tom Green and think that maybe he could take another step again next year. Yep, yep. I've got, and, I've, I've got a real go from one. Solid primo to like top tier, like one fifteen plus primo. So when I look at these guys and I look for that one POD that I want to start, I, I look for some real left fielders sometimes, and people are like, why the fuck would you consider them? But let, let's say his last four games are 105, 101, 123, 100. And the bloke's in just 1.1% of teams. He's had an average on the year of 84.7. And I'm like, okay, I actually don't know how old this bloke is, but seems to be going good. Seen him in the system for a few years. Uh, let me just quickly check. He is... Shit, when was 1998? <laughs> what, 25? Dude's 25, started at Brisbane, didn't quite make the cut, went to Adelaide. Mitch Hinge. Uh, yep. He has been pretty darn good. If you even look back to round 16, it's 110, 98, 87, and then it's 105, 101, 123, 100. He's been pretty fucking solid. And like that, that, that is probably like a late bloomer. But with defenders, you can see fucking defenders break out in their fucking twenty late twenties, can't you, Pato? Yeah, I mean, look at Nick Newman, Aaron Hall, that one <laughs> yeah. sexy ass year, fucking Jack Zebel, prime <laughs> example, just getting that role change and whatnot. So, Mitch Mitchy Hinge is on my radar for next year. Worth noting also that um, there's there's strong rumours that Duday might be on his way to his next club as well for next year. So mm-hmm. that really would open things up for, for Mitchie Hinge to take over that main role in defence. Yep. Sam Flanders is another one. Still Just got sexy that, Flanders. <laughs> got that 82.8 average. Um, kind of went off a little bit last week or last three weeks, actually. He's gone 125, 113, then 85, 91, 81 coinciding with uh, Took coming back. But we've all got to remember, he's still young. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I think I think I saw that they're going to announce Dimmer next week. Mm, yeah. Um, and I have a feeling, just because of how both teams are shaping up for next year, I have a feeling that he's going to try and poach some of the senior guys from Richmond over. Yeah, right. So I just think I look at guys like Cam McIntosh. Um, I don't know if it'll be a big name like Dusty, but I couldn't rule that out. Yeah, Dusty would like a a quieter media scene, to be honest. Yep, and a party scene, and that that's Gold Coast in a nutshell. <laughs> yep, um, that's how we Michael Hunt. So happy <laughs> happy to take a first rounder off Gold Coast for for that. Um, if I'm an honest Richmond fan, as much as I'd hate to see Dusty in another uniform. Um, another another one, can I say that I'm looking at I just his- think, sorry, just as I finish yep. that point, um, I think if if you if they look at bringing in guys like Dusty from Richmond, I think it really will affect those younger guys at Gold Coast because they're, they're top draft picks. But if you bring in the senior guys, Dusty well, will probably play mostly forward, but he will play midfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one, and I've said it earlier, on um, when he had his role change, Nasiah Wanganim Milira is another one that I would be looking at very closely. I love that shout. Um, I've had him in 
AFL fantasy for um, a while now, since pretty much the buys. Um, certainly not setting the world on fire in Supercoach, but he's doing well enough. And and I, he goes into his third year, I believe, next year, Dano. Yeah. Um, he's definitely coming into that breakout sort of contention. He's on kickouts. Um, they get the ball a lot to him. And it'll be interesting to see how the Sinclair situation works out. Um, but I do like Wangani Malera there. Um, we've spoken a fair bit on Hayden Young. I think he's a really big breakout for next year. Yep. Um, and potentially one that's flying under the radar, but you wouldn't probably pick him is Finn Callahan um, from the Giants. To be honest, how does that? How does he fit in though? Because breakout would give, suggest he plays midfield, and no one's moving out of that midfield. I believe that if he can put on that muscle like McRae did in that one year, where he just packed on the muscle and went on the inside, I reckon that could be Callahan. They've tested him a few times in the guts. He just doesn't have the right build for it, and it won't surprise me if we go into preseason and you see him just a, with a bit more size. So what happens to Green and Cogs then? Dude, Cogs is in his 30s next year. Actually, he's 30 now, isn't he? But we've already seen Cogs the forward, and it doesn't work. Yeah, well, I think you might see a Josh Kelly be pushed on the outside. That's what he's doing this year, isn't it? No, he's still on the inside at times. But anyway, we'll go on to VC and C. What about Chad Warner? Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Don't mind, mind him as a bit of a breakout next year, possibly. Yeah. Although, why would you put yourself through Sydney again next year if Longline's coaching again? <laughs> anyway. With, with Mills and anyway, yeah. Yeah, we're not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options to basically set, set your team apart from the rest. So... Round 23, Friday night, we got Collingwood, Brisbane. Who you got, Pato? No one. Can I say no one? Like, this is a, I don't know. I, I feel like Lockie Neal's due, but he's had three shit scores in a row, so I'm not sure if you can <laughs> waste a VC on him with confidence. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too confident in this one either. Um, yeah. Yeah, it feels this weird saying that. Interesting yeah. game as well, because it's at Marvel. Oh, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, yeah. Saturday. 145, Richmond versus North Melbourne. I feel like LDU as a VC in this one, if you've got yeah, him. Or even or even Harry Sheasel. Yeah, the She's. Yeah. Uh, anyone from Richmond? Uh, Trent Cotchin in his farewell game. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, surely, Trent Cotchin. Surely Taranto pulls his finger out considering he's up near the top in the brown low. He may get tagged, though. Oh, anyway. They've been using <laughs> Bailey Scott as a tagger. Moving on then. Gold Coast Carlton at two ten PM. Hopefully Gold Coast beat Carlton. Um fuck Carlton. Oh shit. I don't love this game either. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. Honestly. Yeah. We could say your Crips and your fucking Anderson and your fucking Yeah, I don't like it. No. Someone will go over a hundred, we just don't know who. <laughs> yeah. This, this next one's probably where my VC is gonna come in. Yeah, GWS versus Essendon, 4.35 p.m. Giant Stadium. You'd probably, I think Parrish is the safest of them. See, I, yeah, I don't know. Giant. I think Mer- I don't yeah. have Parrish, but I do like either of those as a VC. Uh, yeah, um, Giants like to utilize Callum Ward occasionally as a uh, run-with guy. Um, so I think if they did it of either to either one of them, it would be on merit. So I'll go Parrish with that one. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. And just to for Pato, Briggs will go one forty plus. Um, Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> St Kilda versus Geelong, Marvel Stadium. Tom Stewart. 
I'm I'm backing him in. Again, you don't really like. Yeah, but St Kilda yeah. let defenders do what they want. What about a, a Roma VC? Don't love it. I think Geelong will put time into it. Yeah, our captain's going to be on Sunday anyway. Um, Adelaide versus Sydney yes. on Saturday, seven forty PM. Um, see, it's hard to trust the Adelaide midfielders because they're sort of taken from each other. Um, I like Laird as a solid like one twenty, but if he that gets one twenty, I don't know if you can take it because of the Sunday matchup. And look, to be honest, the Sunday matchup, I think someone's going to get subbed at three quarter time. Oh, stop it, Don't. I reckon. I reckon it'll happen. Oh, Dano. I know. We'll go to Shut it Sunday, one ten p.m. Western Bulldogs versus West Coast Eagles. I know we're going to say the bond, but I just got this vibe that he will sub himself out on a big one sixty. Uh. Like three quarter time. I mean, if anyone can do it, <laughs> yeah, it's West Coast. Um, English, I think, will probably dominate this matchup as well. Yep. Um, and he's another one that they could look at managing in this game because yep. he's had a big workload this year. Yep. Uh, but they're going to need him for that game-winning yep. kick-in, though. So, <laughs> Moving on, we've got two games, <laughs> two games less than two minutes. Uh, Melbourne versus Hawthorne, Sunday, 3.20 p.m. Interesting. Very interesting. I think... The track. No, nah, I think Nash goes to him. Hawthorne could win this game. They're in crazy good form. Yeah, and the funny thing is, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose; they can't they can't move from their position. Yeah, I think it's a Jack Viney that goes well in this game. Yeah, okay, yeah, interesting. Um, not a Maxi Gorn or anything. Oh no, he went for scans and shit, didn't he? Yeah, fuck. And Grundy was in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Frio versus Port, last game of the round, Optus Stadium. Luke Jackson, Lukey Jackson, and Rosie. Ooh, but I Zach think. I think if you're bypassing the dogs game, you're pretty silly because everyone a dogs player. Yeah, yeah. And I think whoever you have out of Bontempelli, English, uh, etc. Yep. I think you put the captain on them regardless. Uh, what's your Twitter handle, Pato? At p a double t o s triple c. Mine is at d a n e o s triple c. So from us. At the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. Go Tillies. Yo-yo! Yeah, yeah.